Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hey, I'm John T. Rhodes, and you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Time the week again, people. Time for the best sports show you're ever gonna hear. Oh yeah! Happy Tuesday, everybody! Time for the Jack Links Beef Jerky 365 Days of Sport Radio Show. People are gonna turn off after that intro. Why? The best sports show you're gonna hear. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's not. A, that didn't sound good. It sounded like some kind of fake American sort of 1970s. Have you ever seen that Howard Stern movie? No. Nope. Private Parts. No. Nope. And the guy's trying to teach him. He starts working for WNBC. Is yeah. the station's working for it, and he keeps trying to teach him how to say it. He's going WNBC, <laughs> and he goes over and over and over, and he can't get it. Howard Stern, even as young as he's put on, he's like, I'm a radio voice. I'm going to just put on my radio voice guy yeah. now and talk like this, and then he just was one of the first ones to just start talking like a normal person without some what, weird... You think Howard Stern talks like a normal person? Well, he, well, he, he turned it, he made it into conversational, yeah. more, more natural conversation. Right, okay, yeah, so I understand where you're coming that. from. I'm just saying yeah. his voice wasn't... But it, it's it's a great watch, that private parts of his... Yeah, 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 it's really good. Okay. It's one of Paul Giamatti's first roles, and so when he gets to the big station, and I think he's in Washington, Paul Giamatti, he's off sideways... He's the coach in Cinderella Man. Okay. With yeah. Cinderella with with Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. Funnily enough, this film you mentioned, this new Welsh boxing film called yep. the the Prize Fighter. Prize Fighter. I think he's going to be the coach in that. Oh, is he? Okay. Russell Crowe's because he's now he's old. See. Yeah. So I know Russell Crowe's in it, and yeah. Ray Winston's in it. There is a new film. I think it's just come out. It yeah. is on Amazon, and myself and Rob are going to be lucky enough to talk to the guy that wrote it. I think he actually acts in it as well. But he he wrote it, directed it, and like I said, Russell Crowe's in it. And uh, well, you got you got to love a boxing movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some of the great ones. Many, many great ones, Beef. And what was I talking about before? I don't know. Uh, you don't know. Oh, talking you're talking about, the... about Paul St- Howard uh, Stern. Paul Stern. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, yeah. Howard Stern, he, so he's like a real angry, he's the head of the radio, and he gets offside with Howard Stern. Howard Stern keeps trying to, uh, just disobeying him blatantly, basically, and talking oh, okay. about stuff that he's not supposed to. And, oh, and, a bit like what we do here. No, uh, no, 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 it's all above board. And, um... And he keeps trying to skim suspending and stuff, and his nickname is Pig Vomit. Oh, okay. Yeah, Paul Giamatti is his nickname. Right. But unfortunately, his best lines in the film, I can't repeat because they get involved. A bit rude, okay. Significant. No, I was just swearing. That's, what, that's, that's a bit rude, Rob. Well, no, but you, if you, something's a bit rude, it's like you say it's uh, th- it's in a, a blue area or something, I reckon, perhaps. Mm, well, I think just swearing in well, general. Well, no, I know you can't swear, Beef. You don't need to tell me. I've, you know, I've not sworn once in three, 256 <laughs> shows. Not once. <laughs> not once, yeah. Or not fact, once, just ten times. It's one all F-bombs yeah, between right. us. You okay. did it not so long ago. I know. In the quiz. Yeah. The competitive nature got the better of you. Yes. Well, actually, I did it in Balderdash, I think, because a stupid Gavin was there. Oh, uh, okay. So what are you going to do about oh, that? Well, actually, talking about Gavin Ingham, good luck to Gavin Ingham. He's doing some gigs in Sydney this week. He's been a stand-up for Stand-up uh, in Sydney. So I haven't we... seen him perform for a while. I've got to, might got to try and get along So uh, good luck to uh, Gavin Ingham. I know mm-hmm. he does listen. I don't know how his gig went last night, but he was doing Monday and Wednesday up in Sydney. Yeah. So hopefully he'll have a good showing up there. Just he, on... he can go annoy people in Sydney. Exactly. Yeah. Just on 
the radio side of things, we got an email this week ah. from the uh, community broadcasting people in Australia. Oh, so they're giving us a, what, we're suspended again? A multi-million again. dollar deal, we're Rob. Su- we're suspended again? No, we're not suspended. Oh. Um, <laughs> we got the feedback that we are possibly a bit too commercial for community radio in Australia, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> what? Yeah. No way in the world. Yes. That, that's the feedback from within the station, is it? No. The from... feedback from the governing body of community radio stations in Australia. How, how can we be commercial? I don't get that at all. All um, I do is talk about, is it to do with all the beef jerky references? <laughs> or? No, no, no. I think the vibe this person got... Because, uh, right, we've been recommended to go national on the Community Broadcasting Network, right? Okay. But they felt that our show was probably on the more commercial side of things than the right. community side of things. I don't things. think they listened to enough shows. I don't think she did either. But uh, I, I know where she's coming from. It is the, this is her words. Yeah. The show is more about the personalities okay. than the content. Ha! <laughs> well, she was great. A, she, well, yes. <laughs> She was also so, so, but she thinks we should talk less about ourselves. That was no, nah, that's not a good idea. No, no, no. What? I, I need okay. a vent. I yeah. need to complain about things. She's gonna... not. She's not complaining that about us not being ourselves. She was complaining about one. The title of the show is a bit uh, misleading because <laughs> I think I think the show well, she's listened to didn't have much show uh, much yeah. sport in. Um, she was complaining about chicken nuggets for some reason. I'm not quite sure when we talked about chicken nuggets, but we did clearly. But yeah, what's she... the problem with chicken nuggets? Oh, I think I was talking about that when they get meshed up in the they throw Possibly. like baby chickens know. in anyway. the mesher. Well, because I saw those people on the this is, that's what it was. It was the people I saw on Burke Street that had the screen mask on and yeah. they're holding up iPads of little mini chickens getting okay. meshed up into. Mints. So look, it wasn't negative feedback. <laughs> she was just saying that. <laughs> our show, what we do here, 365 Days of Sport, because that's what you're listening to, people, 365 Days of Sport, your weekly non-sports sports news show. All she was saying is, if we were to be syndicated for the new listener to come in and listen, it might take him a bit of time to get up to speed with what me and you do. So it needs to be called 365 Days of Drivel or something it like that. probably needs to be called The Beef and Rob Show. Okay. Along those lines. Well, we'll have to figure something out. I know what Um, she's saying in terms of commercial. Well, it's uh, been through a metamorphosis, Beef. There's only so much sport you can talk about. I mean, I don't don't have the credentials and expertise to go into in-depth analysis of sport. I can't take myself seriously. Because, I, I mean, if I was someone who was an actual athlete. Yeah who is at the highest level, putting in all this work and training, and some moron like me is is going to come and critique what I'm doing and how I'm going about it, yeah. while I just ate a whole, my third tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream in a, for a day in a row. Really? Yeah, I mean, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm getting dangerously addicted to this stuff. Oh, yeah. I thought I'd broken it, but it's, only, it's, just, it's right across the road. $9, it's on special. For how much? Like a big pint. Half a litre. Uh, $9. Have you ever had this? Th- oh, that's got no sense of smell. Oh, I wouldn't even. <laughs> What's that going to do with ice cream? Well, I just write off because you got you can't taste anything. You can't. You've only got. You only get fifteen percent if you've got no sense of smell. Oh right. Okay. This is this is why you got poor taste because you literally have poor taste. <laughs> Anyway Yeah If if, if I had to listen to me Crapping on Trying to say What's what In the sporting world Mm. I mean that's Immediately You're Well within your rights To punch me in the face Mm. 
I mean, most of these people, doesn't it get boring going round and round saying what they've got to do next week? I, mean, I, don't, I actually don't know how these serious sports journos can have an angle on something all the time mm. without finding their own voice boring. Do you not agree? Rob, I used to work with them on a, <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. I know exactly where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah. But in terms of that, look, this show is pretty unique, let's face it. It's there's not many of these type of shows out there. But well, I, I don't even know what it is. It just fills space. Does it stop? Stop! I don't want to analyze the show while we're in the show. No, no, no. But all I'm I've saying is, this. we did get an email this week so I mean, suggesting. The, the, but that. it's one of these mirrors in the mirror reflection, just a never-ending mirror. If we're in the show talking about the show, yeah. it's, it's just like it's just becoming like Seinfeld. It's interesting to know though the feedback that we get the from the governing body of community radio in Australia. She enjoyed the show. Yeah, yeah, great. She just doesn't think it could be syndicated nationally in Australia. In in community radio. Across the community radio station network. But she thinks it could be syndicated in the big, big time. Because we're commercial enough for it. That's what she's getting at. Wow. Is that not a compliment? That's what I'm saying, Rob. That's what I'm saying. Well, you went the long way around. Well, you kept interrupting me. and You you were taking offence. Oh, I'm not. I don't take (laughs) offence. I don't get offended. No one offends me. Anyway. No, I, I tell people why they're wrong. Yes. They, they don't offend me. They're not no, some no. victim who's going to roll around on the ground and the feet will go, oh, someone said I'm not very good or something like that. Whatever. I, I, no. Move forward, Beef. We don't muck about. Just... Well, she did say, though, that we would be more suited for this type well, of show then... on the commercial well, why don't you, why can't you send it one of those stereo guys why don't they give us a say that we're oh this is clearly what the people want to hear this is and, clearly what they want to hear yeah and then we can just do it once a week and still do no prep just keep it exactly how it is two hours and then sorry? I have to only work two hours so, a week sorry who does no prep well I do my quiz yeah I do, I do the quiz mm. I did it real quick today too like oh, ten good. minutes oh, not fantastic. even that yeah, it took yeah. me a day to write the stuff for this show today. Well, it took me seven hours to reply my message. I, I was going to re-watch the movie. If the guy was on, I wouldn't have watched it, see? Oh, well, sorry about that. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, we've got another week, so that's good. We have got another week. Anyway, I think I need another holiday. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, I, I don't think I can handle winter anymore. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to try and... I'm developing a life where I avoid a the life? winter. Yeah, a, a lifestyle <laughs> where, life. where I'm just going to avoid the winters. So. That- Back in about 2004, that was my plan as well, Rob. Yeah? Because I was going to go and play cricket for about five or six years. Yeah. Summer in the UK, back to Australia to play yeah, cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. And then you got married, messed it up. Well, yeah. That, that was didn't part help. of it? That was part of it. My groins also went. Tore my groins. So... So, Were they actually torn? Both of them? Both, yeah. It was a real struggle. Was it Was it in one hit, or did you do one, then the other? I did one and then the other in the space of about three or four weeks at the end of the season, 2004. Right. I can't imagine yoga was big these, back in those days. <laughs> it's never been big. Never been big. Nah. No. Anyway. Any sort of... Uh, and then... Flex, flex. Then I decided to play rugby to keep fit between cricket seasons. Injuries. And then dislocate my shoulder. So that was that's the, That was the stupidest idea. Yeah. To, like, I mean, just do something with the years a very high chance you're going to get injured. Yeah. Why didn't you... Just, you could have done so many other things. But I you enjoyed playing rugby. You could have just done some push-ups. Rugby. But then you just... You ruined your whole body. 
Yeah, well, that's life, isn't it? Actually, talking about my shoulder, which is a follow-on from dislocation. Oh, you had your procedure, well, didn't you? Well, I didn't. They cancelled it. Oh. At the last minute. Well, what's another week beef, really? Well, I, mean, I don't know yet. They haven't rung me back around. to uh, week, let me know weeks. when I'm back in to get it uh, looked at. So right. I did miss the little procedure I was going to have on Thursday. I keep so ca- where are you planning to go and live between the London, months? London. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you are going to yeah. chase the summer? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. June, July, August. You got a work permit for um I uh, three months don't need one. Oh, you don't need one? No. Okay. Just move just moving and shaking. Alrighty. It's gonna be great beef. Yeah. I can imagine. I'll send you postcards. Thanks, man. Yeah. Or maybe not. That's a bit No. I'll, 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 I'll send you a text. That is definitely a bit presumptuous. You wouldn't yeah. even send me a text. A Facebook messenger. Oh, come on. Something come on. Like that. <laughs> so when's this day? Next year? Yep. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you what you could do. You what? could get your solo album happening. You can go and tour the UK on the pre- you know on the premise for that no, the UK no, no, tour. No, no, no. That's definitely not going to work. No, 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 oh, no. Just... Don't, don't you worry, Beef. I got I'll, I got plans. Got don't plans. you worry about it. It's all, all right, coming so together. Watch the job ads, people. In about June next year, we'll be looking for a new host for three months. Hey, whatever. No, we'll just do it on WhatsApp, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like it. Move, I mean, surely we're moving with the COVID times, Beef. Yeah. You can do anything, anywhere, you anytime. You more than most, Rob, we were essential workers during lockdown. I, I still think that's one of the great uh, moments of my life. <laughs> that the entire, all of Melbourne was, was not allowed the to do anything. The strictest lockdown yeah. on the planet, people. But obviously the, the mayor, the council got together and government, the, um, the, 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 state, the state government, Dan Andrews, has said, now, while we're here, Beefy and Rob, three like days of sport, yeah. people need their spirits lifted. They do. They need to, they're in the doldrums. They need their you know, weekly because dose. Because I've made sure that they are. Of non-sports, sports news, entertainment. Yeah, and uh, just uh, masquerading across uh, Melbourne in, uh, in the, the Blue Devil. at uh, Where no one else was on the roads. There was literally me, Rob, and three yeah. Uber drivers. And about 90 police the first time, the first the first week anyway then they realised everyone's paying attention they just said yeah. oh I reckon we can back it off people we've got them full didn't see any under the thumb so uh, yeah under we were essential, essential workers for quite a while well I mean I don't feel any less essential now but we I mean <laughs> if you felt less it's essential it's not something that comes and think, goes once think... you're essential you're essential oh okay yeah yeah. so don't ever think that it's uh, sort of it's about that could be your just passing by that could be your it's not a drive by shooting your boxing nickname could be Essential Rob Bryers. Essential. The Essential One. Rob, the Essential One Bryers. I don't think, well, see, I am definitely wasn't essential there. <laughs> one fight and, okay, I'm retiring. I think Casual that, Rob Bryers is still the best nickname. Much, much better. Yeah, there's no rush. Casual Rob Bryers. No rush. And by the way, people, you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. It is your uh, weekly dose of non-sports, sports entertainment news. What did I Thank you to... Oh, I've got to do this bloody intro now, Rob. Hurry up. We're commercial. Remember this? Commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to thank the good people at Jack Links, the best beef jerky on the planet. Get your Jack Links wherever you may go, whatever you may do. You need a good dried meat protein snack to keep you going. Also, I've got to thank the great people at Good Pods. If you downloaded this episode, thank you, first and foremost. Remember to review us. Five stars, please. Have a look at Good Pods. It is a great resource for indie podcasters. Yeah, very handy. And then even though I've just started using it to find other pods that I like, and they're just all popping up. They're so all there. everyone's it getting is on it. Growing like no tomorrow. In fact, mm. when there is no tomorrow, good pods will still be there. 
Yeah. So check them out. It is a great platform for podcasts from all walks of life. I think we're up to, I think we are 21 in the sports charts. Good. Um, now, you sh- speaking of sports. Right. Oh. 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 Well, oh. Not nine, eight, out, eight legs came in out of nine. And uh, this is a uh, AFL, Carlton uh, playing right. GWS. Okay. Harry Mackay. Oh, the goal kicker. I'm putting a fat wire on him. Because, uh, yeah, because... I haven't heard fat wire since Salman Rushdie. He had to kick three goals, or was all he had to kick for yeah. me. He kicked two goals, three. Oh. And he even was so out of lacking confidence, he was almost near enough in front of the goalpost, 40 out, and went for around the corner. And he oh. pulled it, sprayed it across the face. That could have given me a three. The other nine, eight legs all came in. Right. It was 90 to one, Beef. It's not bad odds. Well, it didn't work out, did it? So that was, and that's a th- only that's the most memorable sports part of the weekend. The, but apart from that, there's not much to report. Beef. I mean, there was we had the we talked about the British Open last week, didn't we? Talk yeah. about it. I watched today a, a bit of a round of golf with uh, Adam Scott, our old mate, playing with um, Rick Shields. Playing with Rick Shields. That would have been interesting. It's, uh, How much did Adam say? Well, I, I mean, look, we have made poke fun on Adam Scott in the yeah. past for, for not showing a, a tremendous amount of charisma. But the truth is, he's just an incredibly nice, easygoing oh. guy. And uh, he actually, Rick even said, because he said he was super nervous when he played with Lee Westwood. Right. He was very nervous when he played with Nick Faldo. But when he played with Adam Scott, he said he was actually quite relaxed because Adam Scott was... Just relaxed I, as well? I was... He, well, he just sort of, the way he would respond to his own shots, he'd be like, oh, and, and he'd comment his on, on his own shots, like, okay. vocally and stuff, and it wouldn't be like trying to, you know, poke a face as such. Yeah, yeah. Quite human. Yeah. Well, they, but they not, not a lot of gags, though. <laughs> not a lot of Still gags. Still not a lot of gags. But he, he, what, so what he does, he gives a 10-shot head start. So Rick Shields starts on 10 under, and they start yeah. on even. Right. And he has to try and beat them. Okay. And he, he lost. Who I lost? I think Rick Shields lost. Right. You I need think, to explain that when you said he lost. Well, lost. because I just assumed that he would. Well, well, it didn't take long to explain it. I explained it to you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we got it. We'll move on now. Yeah. How many shots was the difference after? 18? Well, in the end, he had a very bad finish to Rick Shields. It was a, oh. it was a windy course by. It was before the British Open Scottish course. Okay. Uh, right by the ocean, very windy. I think Rick Shields shot about an eighty-seven in the end, or, oh, or 80, 84. Yeah. How? What did uh, mate Scotty? Two over. Two over. Yeah. Yeah. Rough okay. conditions. He did well to shoot two over. Okay. Some good golf in there, B. So it was actually how much is Rick Shields shoot? Well, because he starts on the oh. Yeah, he like a... Oh, 80 with the 10 head starts. So he nah, actually shot 90, no. Yeah, he shot, no, nah, like 88 or something. Oh, okay, all right. I think that's what it was. Yeah, no worries. When you did the actual proper maths. I tried my best. Because he was 7 over, but then plus the 10, so he was 17 over. Oh, uh, okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could have almost done that. You could have almost done it. Although... Although the I, conditions sound I'm pretty, uh, very, pretty I, I'm poor at the moment. I'm going through a bad patch. Oh. I'm like topping the topping my tee shots and doing really? all sorts of weird, Jeez. doing weird stuff. You need a bit of time off, Rob. Yeah, I think I need a break. Yeah, come back. It's it's the cold, and I've had enough of this winter stuff. Okay. No, I, I would have been terrible on Game of Thrones. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Okay. Winter's always coming. Always coming. Yeah. Always. No, I wouldn't catch me north of the wall. Now they're doing this prequel, although it's been yeah. binned, isn't it? Has it been binned? No, no, no. They they had one that they tried and that got went. That was gone. Yeah. And then they were talking. There's another one with Jon Snow coming on, but then there's this one with the Targaryens. Okay. So Are you, know, bring... you know that Amelia Clark, she she plays that blonde girl. Not really. But, but you seem to have seen a picture of her playing the blonde with the long blonde hair. You haven't even seen a picture of her. I have like, no in- zero interest. 
It's not about interest, Beef. You, it's it's very hard to miss. The, no, it is. It is hard to miss when you're not interested. But it will just pop up on your screen if you're not looking. Don't, don't. No, no, you can't do it. It's, just, it's like you can be not interested in American politics. You still know that Joe Biden's the president. Yeah. You know? It's the same. It's, it's pretty much similar levels. I'm not sure it is. Well, it's finished now, of course. So it's been finished <laughs> for three years. Exactly. But at a time, it was hard to not see, just see it pop up on the TV at some point. This is before, like, streaming really. There's not much Netflix and all that stuff at that point. It was all on regular TV beef stock. Right. No, I couldn't pick Amelia Clark. But you declare your ignorance with pride. It's like you're proud of yourself for not seeing Top Gun. For not seeing... What was the other one last week you hadn't seen? Matrix. The Matrix. You haven't seen Game of Thrones, Matrix, and Top Gun. <laughs> no. You're an incomplete human. I know. Is Sean Bean in the prequel? If that you was, watch these things, you, you'll, you'll watch Top Gun... And at the end of it, you go, you'll you say, Tom Cruise, you complete me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what's what you'll say? You'll come right back around. And, uh, <laughs> How funny would that be? be fantastic, you know. Yeah. I mean, just lock it in, Beef. A old bit of a movie marathon. I mean, if you want Game of Thrones, there's eight seasons there if you want. That can go for... I couldn't think of I mean, anything that's, more tedious. That's like 150 hours of TV or Anyway, something. is Sean Bean... Because he was only in Ned one Stark. series. Wasn't yeah. He? Are they going to bring him back for the prequel? That's what I was getting to. I th- I'm not sure not <laughs> if if he'll if it's too far before he might not he might be too young. Because I think it goes oh. back like way back. Okay. All right. When there's heaps of loads of dragons and that. Hey, talking about made up shit. Yep. Did he see Quidditch? They're not going to oh, call it Quidditch now. anymore. Yes, I was alerted to this obviously through uh, uh, Gavining and brought attention to this. Or was that you actually? Why yeah. were you actually? It was me. Come on. Now, this made me angry. <laughs> really? Not, look, obviously Quidditch and all that stuff, they're a, a, a big pile of Muppets anyways. It has. They're always a blue, blue hair crowd and LGBTQIFING, you know, the whole ABCDFGH, the whole alphabet. It's all in there. It's plus, they're, they're a big representation in, the, in this particular. Drop. Alphabet plus and infinity. Gender is unending, apparently. There's another one. So, um, that's, this, 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 people are thrown out there now. Unending. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. In fact, uh, based on their thinking, there's 7 billion people in the world. There could be 7 billion different genders, Fifi. Um, so there you go. There's one, there's one to think about. Yeah. 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 But there's not, though. That's there's one rubbish. for the creationists. So anyway, poor old JK Rowling. I don't know if you've ever heard her talk about her story of how, you know, Harry Potter came to be and which she was, she, I think it's just her and her daughter. She had no money. She's in like a council estate house. Yeah. She's struggling. All she had was potentially a publishing deal with a book company, and she had to write. She was just herself in a room with a typewriter. Right. And she had to just create this whole beast that became but Harry say, Potter. And what she this. went through. What? Carry on, carry on. I'll, I'll fill you in. But anyway. what she went through, the struggle and everything, oh, to yeah. then and have the courage and belief in herself to create this, these, you know, seven novels which became like the, of the biggest selling books of all time. Yeah, yeah. And, Don't the Bible, and then there's these films. That's up there. Uh, there's amazing film series. And she invented all this stuff. These nerds who love what she did. Yeah. Because she's spoken the truth and, and declared that uh, trans men are not women, which they're not. Um, not yet. So they, they've all turned on her. And because there's such a strong force in this. This is a real life Quidditch game, and people, yeah. by the way, just so you know, you're not of these people. Me aren't and Rob here. went to the World Cup of Quidditch, by yeah. the way, in South Carolina. Yeah, South or North South Carolina, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And they've invented a version of it where they run around with these sticks between their legs. It's packed full of nerds and blue people with green hair and that, basically. Well, that, I'm not sure that's a accurate. defining factor, but carry well, on. Well, it's not a defining factor, but it was a very, uh, it was prominent. 
Yeah. So we're just I'm just trying to give an idea of the crowd. They're a very accepting community. That's very it that way. all about it's now you know it's so common now. It's actually just called DIE. Diversity, inclusiveness, and equity. Okay, I didn't that, know that. That's the new thing. Thanks well, in Canada, anyone. actually, that's that's okay. that's, no, that's such a prominent way of thought. Now, with J.K. Rowling speaking her thoughts and minds about about this, which are perfectly sound, reasonable, honest ideas, um, they've now turned on her and have said, "We're not going to call it Quidditch anymore. We're going to call it and call it something else, so that it's distancing from her works and distancing from Harry Potter." Even though she invented, the even game. though she invented everything about it, and it would never even existed that they would never invented this no. if she hadn't put that forward in the first place. And they have the arrogance to to turn around and try and claim it as if it's theirs. Yeah, and it is disgraceful and grand show of disrespect and based upon lies as well. Thanks. So they, they are all wrong, and she is right. Okay. It's now called quad ball. Well... I don't quite understand. Look, let's be honest, it was always rubbish anyway. It's just got a different <laughs> name now. But, uh, 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 look, I mean, as, but I am passionate about the fact that I do not like the way that they're treating Miss Rowling, because she's yeah. a legend. Who baths every day in cash. She's loaded. Actually, what I was going to well, say... Well, I know well, she's financially yeah, she fine, is, but good. this is not about money now, beef. I know it's not about money. This is about money. You know, have you, I saw an interview with the girl that worked in the publishers that found the manuscript. That manuscript for the original Harry Potter was on a shelf. Just sitting there. Just sitting there for about 18 months. And this lady... Mm. wanted something to read over the weekend. Mm. Started looking about in the office. Oh, there, I'll try that. She discovered this manuscript for the original Harry Potter. Ah. It wasn't, it was sat there for 18 months, not going anywhere. Nobody wanted it. Nobody she, even read it? Apparently not. Or they didn't think the time was right for a wizard. Well, there's always time for a I wizard. I'm not saying... I know you're not saying yeah, it, Beef, but... but- what sort not, of stupid... That, that amazes me, the, the explanation. Some of these in-betweeners who, who are supposed to... Uh, who are the ones that connect the artist or yeah. the creator to... It's like, it's like when after In Excess wrote Kick and, and it went to the record label in the US for them to listen to it and they said, I'll give you a million dollars to record another album. We oh. can't do anything with this. Oh. It ends up becoming one of the biggest albums in the history of rock. Yeah. So That's anyway... That's st- stupid. How do these people get in control so of things? So this girl... Picked up this book, took it on for the weekend, mm. actually went to her bosses and said, I think you should have a look at this. Yeah. It's time. Yeah, it's, time it, it's wizard time. It's wizard time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she was right. Well, she was. I hope she got a commission off the back of that. Probably she, not. She's got the eye. she got the eye. What up? Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Ah, Danny Ricardo got some points on the weekend in France. Good one, Danny. But then he got in a bit of trouble. He's McLaren now, isn't he? He is McLaren. He um he was doing an interview in Italian mm. and started calling his teammate a bit of an arsehole <laughs> because he, he I think the word is stronzo. Okay. He was using Ah oh, Lando, he's a stronzo. <laughs> and um I think he meant to say idiot, but he called him uh <laughs> And then the guy that was interviewing said, No, 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 that's a bad word. He, oh, really? Apparently 
I think he probably knew. <laughs> anyway, so congratulations to Ricardo. He's finally got out of a bit of a slump. Gags to David Byrne, Rob. This is your weekly installment of the worst jokes anyone's ever heard. Yeah. So what? last week I went for number 66 or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. I'm going to go for 131. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I reckon... See, 66 is probably where the book should have ended. The further <laughs> you go past... That far? Yeah. The, okay. The, the further you go past, the more it should be just bad. Cutting edge, this is called, Rob. All right. Frank was one of Australia's best snow skiers, but one day there was a terrible accident and someone ran over him just after he'd taken a tumble on some hard, icy snow. All the fingers on both his hands were severed. Now, Frank was a tough man, so he didn't call for the snow ski ambulance. Instead, he just stood up, got his balance, and slowly skied down to the chalet. Then he was rushed to emergency where the doctor said, OK, let's have those fingers and we'll see what we can do. Oh, I'm sorry, I haven't got the fingers, Frank said. What do you mean you haven't got the fingers, the doctor cried. This is the 21st century, man. With modern microsurgery, I could have sewn them back on and made you good as new. Why on earth didn't you bring back the fingers? I couldn't pick them up, Frank said. Fair enough from Frank. Well done, Frank. I mean... Although he could have probably tried a bit harder. You can sort of do a bit of a walrus, seal, a clapping seal thing. They'd be in your gloves. Bring them together. Uh, Nobody skis without gloves. That's also true. Sorry, I was taking that a bit too literally there, but uh, they would be in no, your gloves. No, no, no. Look, it's, it's, a gag's a gag, I guess. Gag's a gag. But um, as soon as you break it down, the logistics of this one, you did right. They'd yeah. be inside the gloves. Yeah. Although so, if they were severed, that would have it's gonna cut right through the gloves oh, and, the, true. and everything. Would have just cut through the gloves, yeah. Oh, know. well, Frank. He would have had thumbs. Yeah. Possibly. Not not your worst one, David. No, no, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I, it I wasn't got... a groan of disappointment. No, no, no. It was uh, brought a smile to our faces. This is a, a true story from Lee Trevino. Mm. One day... Grizzly short... Adams did have a beard. Go on. Okay. Do you know what that means? No. Don't tell me you haven't seen Happy Gilmore. Um, yeah, I have. One day, shortly after joining the PGA Tour in 1965, Lee Trevino, the professional golfer and married man, was at his home in Dallas, Texas, mowing his front lawn as he always did. A lady driving by in a big, shiny Cadillac stopped in front of his house, lowered the window and asked, "'Excuse me, do you speak English?' Lee responded, "'Yes, ma'am, I do!' The lady then asked, "'What do you charge to do yard work?' Lee said, "'Well, the lady in this house lets me sleep with her.' The lady hurriedly put the car into gear and sped off. Interesting. Mm. Well, she, she got the wrong end of the stick there, didn't she? She did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was probably in quite an exclusive area of Dallas, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Highland Park yeah. or something like that. Yeah. He used to hold these clinics, Lee Trevino. Did he? Where he, does, he goes on like the, the club putting green and he shows all the different tricks and ways that, and then he tells stories while he does it. Mm. It did it at my club in New Zealand. Oh, right. Yeah, but I didn't go. Oh, Rob. <laughs> I got to know his daughter. Oh, you told me this already. Yeah, Troy. I was at university with her in Texas. So. Yeah. So that would explain it. He lived in Dallas. I didn't realize that. Were you like this, the intriguing international guy with the weird accent? She was Lee Trevino's daughter. Probably not. I wonder how... Yeah, but still. But he's only Mexican. They're, they're pretty used to Spanish and that. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is she probably grew you, up you with got... lots of interesting people from International around the world. people coming through. Yeah. Not too many Welsh. Who's <laughs> them? That's about it. I wonder how strong your uh, uh, accent was when you were younger. She did actually comment she did like my accent at the time. Okay. I still can't believe when we were in England, the two of us, and went up and your mate Rob's brother... And he's going, oh, yeah, I remember you, but you didn't used to have an Australian accent. He's like, what? <laughs> Australian accent? Yeah. Ridiculous. 
All right, on this day in sport, we might as well finish this off. Um, whose birthday is it? Oh, ooh, I've never heard of any of these people. Born in 1922, Indian test all-rounder G.S. Ramachad. He died in 2003. Uh, Australian test batsman and broadcaster Ken Cunningham. Happy birthday, Ken, if you're listening. Oh, for two of people I've heard of. Uh, Vitas Gerolitis, tennis player. No. Nah. Uh, died in 1994. He was uh, four. Well, was he this was... people who died this? No, they, he died in 1994. He was it was it would have been his birthday, but he only died when he was forty. So, oh, thanks for coming, Vitas. He was the one of the best quotes of all time. Um, he had lost eighteen straight to Jimmy Connors and finally beat him on the nineteenth go. Mm. And Vitas Carolitis in his press conference says, "Nobody beats Vitas Carolitis nineteen times in a row," <laughs> which is quite funny. American figure skater Dorothy Hamill. Happy birthday, Dorothy. Ray- Wayne Grady, Aussie golfer. Happy oh, birthday, yeah, Wayne. Wayne. I remember Wayne. Uh, Australian golfer David McKenzie. Nah. Happy birthday, David. Never heard of you. Oh, Case Muse. Oh, jeez. Uh, his birthday today. He's uh, 48. Him. Good on, Case. Yep. Brazilian soccer defender, Mike Conn. Happy birthday. An American snowboarder, Kelly Clark, apparently. Kelly Clark. Never oh, heard of him. Is the guy's name Mike, Mike Conn? Mike Conn. He's Brazilian. You know, they only have one name. Oh. Mike on. on in 1920, 72 year old Swede Oscar Swan became the oldest Olympic medalist ever when he won the silver medal in the team double shot running deer event at the Antwerp Games. Wow, what's that? I don't know. The, the... Antwerp Games. Oh, the Antwerp's a uh, city in Sweden. Okay. No Belgium. Sorry. Anyway, uh, Swan won his first gold medal at the age of 60. In the 1908 London Games and repeated in Stockholm in 1912. So 72-year-old won a gold. But I'm interested to know what the team double-shot running deer event is. It's obviously a shooting event. Yeah, it sounds mental. Mm. Uh, R- running deer as in D-E-E-R. Yeah. wonder if they shot live deer on the run. No, I reckon they're on a sleigh and the deer is pulling the sleigh. And it'll be like that cowboy shooting. <laughs> With reindeer. That would be good. I would watch that. Yeah. I would watch that. Australian Marjorie Jackson uh, in the 1952 Olympics won the 200 metres in a world record. She also, Marjorie. She won the final by four yards and became the first Australian to ever win the Olympic sprint double because she won the 100 metres final in an equal world record time of 11.5. Okay. 1952, that was. Uh, in 1993, Australia beat England by an innings at Headingley, and for the second time in that series, they only lost four wickets for the entire game. It's pretty good. Um, hey, I'll tell you something, Beef. You know how there's some names yeah. that will never come back? No one's ever going to name their daughter Marjorie ever again. It'll be back, Rob. I don't reckon. Yeah, it will. It'll come back. Nah. Just well, no, nah. nah, but it won't. Like, there's certain names that are retired forever. Yeah, but people said that about Charlotte and Chloe, and they're back in force. Yeah, but, but they're they're not terrible-sounding names. Right. You don't, uh, you don't think the Simpsons well, is going to have a lasting impression on the youth of today, New Zealand had a massive thing. Murray, Murray, yeah, right. but New Zealand's always depends Weird. on rugby players. Oh, yeah. So I think there's quite a lot of Bowdens floating around. Oh, now. is there? Yeah, there'll be a lot of Richies and um, Brodies. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Kane, be, be a lot of Canes. Well, they're they're coming through right now. So yeah, it needs a twenty year gap. Yeah, it might be more boring. How many ones. Jonas are there going to be in the next 20, 30 years? Rob, do you reckon? A lot of Jonas. I don't know about that. Okay. Don't know. He's sort of come and gone, Jonah. Come on. Oh. I don't know. There's only one Jonah. There's only one Jonah. 
Okay. In 1996, Kieran Perkins won the 1500 metres from Lane 8. Ah, I remember yeah. that. Atlanta Games, 1996. Also famous for swimming, 1996 Atlanta Games. Daniel Loder. Daniel Loder, the, the Kiwi Fish. Oh, I thought that was 92, but we'll discover this another time. I'm pretty but sure Kieran Perkins, yeah. that bloke, uh, I told you I saw a documentary about him. Did and, you? Because and he, he was all stressed and nervous before that race. And then he, he just went out there and he said, I'm just going to have a laugh. Go for a bit of a swim, have some fun. Yeah. And he just went for it. He got miles in front and no one could catch him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he only just qualified for the final by, by 0.1 of a second. Yeah, that's and right. And that's why he was in lane eight. Yeah. Physically unrecognisable now, Kieran Perkins. Yeah, he is a bit. Great twist to that story. When I first came to Australia to play cricket over here, there was a guy at our cricket, or the cricket club I ended up at called Chocolates. Yep. Dean Ballantyne, I think he was called. Yeah. He was at that final, that final in Atlanta, literally sitting behind, I think his girlfriend was called Samantha at the time. Right. She was a newsreader from Brisbane. Okay. Because Perkins, after winning, he climbs up in the stands, doesn't he? He gives her a big hug. Right. And there's chocolates standing right, right behind there. her. Part of the so moment. Every time you see Kieran Perkins in the stand, there's chocolates right, right there. Well, that's just like when New Zealand wins the opening match of the 92 Cricket World Cup and uh, Andrew Jones takes the final catch on the boundary on the long off and goes on, on long on and goes running and throws into the air and this pitch invasion and there's a little kid that runs in front of Andrew Jones and gets bowled over. That's my <laughs> mate Mark Carruthers. Ah! Who go. was the one that I mentioned that was an outstanding tennis player that yes. played to get, do all over the world and like beat Leighton Hewitt as a young man? I'd like stuff. to beat Leighton Hewitt as well. Yeah? Yeah. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear of mine because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless Now, the World Athletics Championships is on. Oh, we're carrying on for a bit of a mashup, a beefy mashup. No, well, it's not a mashup, although oh. I could have had a mashup. Okay. Now, I am going to taint this man's legacy. I really mm. am. And the worst song. I'm going to play it, then I'm going to tell you what it is. You have no confidence in yourself. You are twice defeated in this race of life. Don't be afraid to fail. As long as you keep the faith, you must prevail. Pay attention to life details. Yeah, winning is a must. Yes, winning is a must. Never too late to try. Rise above the doubts. All those talking mouths. Make a plan. Take a chance. Focus on the good ahead. Go for the dream. Hold it high. Reach for the sky. As long as it takes, no matter the time. The moment we make it, mommy, I forget it. Countless hours she put in to set it. All we fulfill when the blessings are shower. And every day of 24 hours. Chosen and sanctified, it's an empowerment. Step belief and confidence that should be permanent. permanent. Don't be afraid to fail. As long as you keep the faith, you must prevail. Pay attention to life details. Yeah, winning is a must. Yes, winning is a must. Never too late to try. Rise above the doubts. All those talking mouths. Make a plan. Take a chance. Focus on the good at hand. All right. It's always dark before the dawn. If only a lot of people held on. Them would have beat the night. See the light. Conquer fear and win the fight. Yeah, yeah. With self-worth, you can achieve many things that you can't believe. Yeah, yeah. 
With a positive mindset and ambition You can overcome any condition Don't be afraid to fail As long as you keep the faith You must prevail Pay attention to life details Yeah, winning is a must Yes, winning is a must Never too late to try Rise above the doubts All those talking mouths Make a plan Take a chance Focus on the goal at hand. Go for the dream, hold it high, reach for the sky. As long as it takes, no matter the time. The moment we make it, mommy, I forget it. Countless hours she put in to set it. All we fulfill when the blessings are shower. And every day, half 24 hours. Chosen and sanctified, it's an empowerment. Step, believe, and confidence that should be permanent. permanent. Don't be afraid to fail. As long as you keep the faith, you must prevail. Pay attention to life details. Yeah, winning is a must. Yes, winning is a must. Never too late to try. Rise above the doubts. All those talking mouths. Make a plan. Take a chance. Focus on the goal at hand. Uh, Any ideas, well, Rob? I reckon uh, he's started uh, to believe his own hype a little bit too much, and DJ Bravo has come out with a shocker. I think DJ Bravo has probably got a, a lot more going on than this. Uh, Chris Gale? No, it's up there, though. It's y- around Usain. those... It is. Usain 958 Bolt. Bolt is a champion. Bolt champion. Yeah. Is that he's, he's singing? I don't think he is singing all of it. I think it's a bit of a go back and forth. Right. I really was hoping it was going to be DJ Bravo, and I could say, well, what's happened there is yeah, yeah. he's clearly, uh, after the, the the greatness that Champion was, yeah. he's, he's tried to go, he, you know, he's, he's believed he's better than he actually is. Because Champion was, was oh. fun. Yeah. It was stupid. <laughs> yes. Also. So, uh, and 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 so I went with that and but this is a little bit uh I don't think there's a lot of uh, there would have been many other songs in history that had a lyric that said uh pay attention to life details. Mm. It's a far too literal uh sort of psych up there from from Usain. Yeah. He um, um Usain is He was te- a better footballer. <laughs> Yes, it's yeah. very true. Uh, Usain's teamed up with a bloke called NJ, mm-hmm. and they seem to be doing quite a lot of music together. Right. Anyway, that's uh, came out last month. Rob. It's got quite a soft, high voice. Yeah, I don't know which one Usain is. Right. There seems to be a lot of stars in the video. There's a lot of bum wobbling going on. In their videos, they seem to have a lot of women wearing not much around a pool. So, so, no. so but that video as well? Yeah. So even while he's trying to give a bit of a life psych yes, up, yeah. he didn't consider that maybe the contextually that doesn't quite match up. I don't takes think a, it makes the message seem somewhat un- unauthentic. Don't think he cares. <laughs> don't think he cares. Yeah. So so there's confused art direction. But that, the thing is, obviously, that coming out, uh, it's July, so two months ago, sorry, coincides with the, I mean, that's called winning is a must. Mm-hmm. So, no doubt they try to put that out before the World Athletic Championships, like, as a run-in. Okay. I think so. Well, uh, I'll just sweep that one under the painful. rug. That's, he's, got I mean, another, he's got another one that... Uh, he's actually got quite a in few. In some regard, I find that less painful than... Um, or less like... I, I, I don't mind too much that that at least exists. Right. I hate that the Viv Richards song exists. Okay, because he, he genuinely is the coolest. <laughs> yes, and he can't have that on his on record, and and this that's why no one heard, has heard of it. Whereas you say he's got a bit more of a playful nature to him. Okay, so he's at least capable of doing something. Yeah, bad like that. 
and it, can, it was sort of you sort of go, oh well, that maybe is in some way reflective of his character a little because he is a fun, happy, yeah. silly guy, does silly dances, and does the thunderbolt and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put some of the videos on our Facebook yeah. page, Rob, because you will be astounded at uh, some of the uh, <laughs> some of the people that he's got to <laughs> be in his videos. So basically, it's just the assumption that this is the genre; it must have big titty girls in it, big bummed girls, big big backside girls. Actually, big bummed girls, I think, is his uh, want. <laughs> And yeah. it's always round a pool or on a beach. Yeah. And they're always twerking, no matter what's going on. Yeah, well, the thing is, that all makes sense. If, if your lyric content sort of matches you singing, singing one of those songs, it's about um, hot girls with big asses dancing on the beach. But Winning is a must, He's trying to give a life lesson. And, and it's, sort of, it's quite distracting. It's like Instagram's come to life. <laughs> And there's all these, he's just trying to get this message across, but you're surrounded by titties, like I was talking about last week. You can't even breathe, they're just coming at you. Every breath is an involuntary motorboat. Well, you wait You wait until you see these videos, it is an involuntary, well, it's not, I think it's a voluntary motorboat in this case. <laughs> a bit of cricket news here, I don't think we covered this uh, last week. Did we talk about the 2020 World Cup qualifiers, Zimbabwe and Holland qualifying for the World Cup? No, I don't think so. No, Zimbabwe beat Papua New Guinea by 27 runs and Netherlands beat the USA by 7 wickets. So they're into the World Cup, which is in Australia in October. So they're in the pre-qualifying group. So Group A, Namibia, Sri Lanka, the UAE and the Netherlands. And then Group B, listen to this, Ireland, Scotland, West Indies and Zimbabwe. Really? Two from each group go through. That's an interesting group. Mm. Okay. So that'll be a big one. West Indies are actually showing a bit of form at the minute, so they mm. should be okay. Uh, what is the kickoff date, did you say again? Um, I think the kickoff date is the 16th of October for the qualifiers. Off. Yeah, okay. so we've got a bit of time yet. Okay. So it's interesting that, because uh, the news, had a cricket news this week. Ben Stokes has called Well, he, he, he retired quits. from One Day Internationals, yeah, yeah. and then now they banned him from T20s. Oh, have they? Why have they banned him? Well, I didn't I- see this. Unless I, it's just a headline, so oh, maybe okay. that's not true. All right, I didn't don't, know that. don't quote me on that, people. All right. He retired but, from One Day Internationals because the international calendar is becoming just ridiculous. Well, uh, yeah, I might be wrong, but to my knowledge, I thought I saw a follow-up thing after that. So the, the, the cricket is saying, "Well, if you're okay. not going to play One Days, so you're not going to play T20s either." Oh, oh, okay, I can't see that happening. I, but, that seems pretty crazy. Yeah, but I definitely read it. Okay, but well, it was, it was a headline, or just a sort of it could be one of those misleading headlines. Okay. Well, we're going to play. Seems to be the, the everyone does them now. It's the way that they yeah. do headlines. They don't try to do clever oh, puns anymore. They it. try yeah. to just yeah. lure you in. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Links. Beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Mark Williams, and this is 365 Days of Sport. News. Well, surely the monkey pox is uh has got to be in the monkey news. Well, uh, no, no, is because it, is it... this is hot off the press, Rob. What? It's not from monkeys. This pox. Well, no, I don't know no, anything about it's not the relevant. Punks. I was just taking a guess. Punting okay, a bit of a punter. Japanese Pun. macaques cause havoc in Yamaguchi City, injuring forty-two people. What's a macaque? It's a type of monkey. 
Macaque. The Japanese macaque is causing yeah. havoc, injuring 42 people. I'm not necessarily sure that uh, it is, that's the breed, Japanese macaques. I think they're just macaques in Japan. Which city? Yamaguchi City. Local authorities wow. in Japan's Yamaguchi City have turned to tranquilizer guns to confront marauding monkeys that have injured 42 people in recent days. Mm. Japanese macaques are seen commonly across large parts of the country and are a pest in some areas, eating crops and even entering homes. But a spate of monkey attacks in the western Japan city has been unusual, with mm. adults and children suffering injuries, including scratches and bites. Not like the Brazilian macaque yeah. with a knife. Mm-hmm. All of Yamaguchi City is surrounded by mountains. It's not rare to see monkeys, a city official said, but it's rare to see this many attacks in a short period of time. Injuries so far have been largely mild, but authorities are turning to tranquilizer guns after traps they set failed to snare any of the pesky primates. Ah. Initially, only children and women were attacked, but recently elderly people and adult men have been targeted too. The intruders have in some cases entered by sliding open screen doors or entering through windows. Wow. City officials and police have been patrolling the area recently, but have yet to snare any monkeys. I heard crying coming from the ground floor, so I hurried down. One local father told the Menichi Shumbun Daily, then I saw a monkey hunching over my child. Wow. So I don't know whether... Are they hungry? The, it's a sophisticated monkey. I reckon there's been some kind of uh, mutation in the and they're pack yeah. hunting now sort of thing. Mm. They specifically got instincts that are strong enough to target women and children to know to go for the physically weaker uh, yeah, part true. of the... You know, go after them. And old people. Mm. I but, mean, so this is planned proper rise of the planet <laughs> of the apes is what's going on. That's a, they, they could communicate. They said, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. They had sign language, though. Right. So if they're doing sign language as well, then it's a proper sci-fi disaster it's movie. We had a Brazilian monkey with a knife, and he was sharpening it. Now we've got Japanese monkeys entering people's homes and looking at babies. Yeah. It is the uprising, Rob. It is Look out. the uprising. Talking about uprising. That is hot off the press, Beef, but it's breaking news. That's breaking news as well. Talking about uprising, mm. Russian chess robot breaks seven-year-old's finger. Tournament officials blame kid. However... He lingered on the board too long. Yeah. Well, yeah. However, the seven-year-old still manages to finish at the Moscow Open. Last week, a child was playing chess against a robot when, in the words of one official, something, of course, bad happened. According to Russian media reports and a video of the incident, the robot pinched the seven-year-old's finger and fractured it. Not great. The attack, malfunction, or whatever you want to call it, happened at the Moscow Open. A boy named Christopher. It's an interesting Russian name, isn't it? Christopher. No, there's been Christophers. One of the top 30 best chess players in the under-9s division was playing a crane-shaped mechanical arm and quickly trading moves when the accident occurred. According to... Speed chess. It may not have been speed chess. It could have just been chess at a rapid rate. Anyway, according to Sergei... What's the difference? Speed chess is when you actually have 10 seconds to play a move. Okay, this one they're just choosing to play quickly. I think so. I could be wrong. You seen that Queen's Gambit? No. According to Sergei Lazarev, president of the Moscow Chess Federation, the boy interrupted the robot's turn. It had just taken a piece when the boy then rushed to move again before the robot had finished. Once nearby, adults realised what was happening. They intervened and, and tried to try and free the kid. There are certain safety rules and the child apparently violated them. When he made his move, he did not realise he first had to wait. 
This, of course, bad. The officials say the robot completed previous matches that day as well as the previous exhibitions of their incident. In addition, based on the video footage, it does look like the child tried to move the pieces while the robot arm was still in motion. At the same time, chess prodigy or no... What else would you expect from a seven-year-old? Whilst Christopher's finger was fractured and put in a plaster cast, he still completed the tournament with volunteers helping to annotate his moves. While Russian chess officials maintain the robot is absolutely safe, reports are the child's parents may be pursuing legal action with the public prosecutor's office. Where there's blame, there's claims, Rob! So, the arm's got like a program where if you try to move too fast, it belts your hand. What I think has happened is the robot arm has grabbed the piece because it's going to take the kid's piece, right? Yeah. So, it's grabbed his piece and it's got to put it off the table and it's gone back to actually move his own piece and put it down. The kid's... God, Still just, mucking about. Because he's seven-year-old. Oh, he's, he's, he's cheating. He's cheating. Well, uh, he, he moved too him. quick. And so the robot thought it dropped the piece. So he's gone to pick it back up and he's just grabbed his finger and snapped it off. Uh, not off. Not off. Just broke it. Well, you got to come in, kitty. Pay attention. <laughs> Play by the rules. Yeah. We're talking about playing by the rules. New Zealand Rugby League International sacked by club after vaping in a toilet at halftime. What? That's... Oh, come on. Right. Oh, that's just ridiculous. That that country is losing its mind. This is in Australia. Well, that, well then that, Australia is losing its mind. Rugby league for star. For vaping in a toilet. Rugby I league mean. star Kevin Proctor was caught vaping in a changing room cubicle toilet at halftime during the Gold Coast Titans clash with Canterbury Bulldogs and has since been sacked. Proctor was not in the matchday squad but still travelled with his team and Proctor's dismissal comes after he posted a now-deleted seven-second video on his Instagram story of him smoking an e-cigarette during halftime in a cubicle. Along with the video, the Kiwi International included the caption, Not the halftime vape! Before Swifty deleting the clip from the view of his followers. All forms of smoking are banned in stadiums in Australia. That's why he's been sacked. Well, okay. That's a stupid rule anyway. Hmm. He's been sacked. He got sacked? Yeah. He's kicked out of the team for that? Yeah. That's insane. That's completely mental. But I should also say, obviously, he's done something that you're a moron. Mm. If he hadn't put the video up, no one would have known. Exactly right. Exactly How right. How stupid do people want to incriminate themselves? Yeah. So on that level, he's a complete moron. Yes. But I still think he does you, play rugby you don't league. sack someone for that, for, for some steam, inhaling some steam. <laughs> Yeah, in, inhaling that, steam. You've lost your, you've lost your minds. Yeah, there's a whole career there. For, uh, he was with Melbourne Storm for a long, long time, wasn't he? Kevin Proctor as well. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I think he was. I don't know. I'm flabbergasted because it's not like okay, yes, he's stupid, but they're also everyone's stupid. Everyone's gone mental. Yeah. Everyone's gone mental. Where, where's that sting? Have it's we got floating that? around somewhere. I must have it that, somewhere. Oh, that shouldn't be a sting. That should just be something you should have, like, you know, your, yeah, when, the, the instant a little one, instant yeah. one. Yeah. Everyone's gone. I'm sure we've got it somewhere. It's floating around there. It is. It should just be called Everyone's Gone Mental, I think. I think that we did have a segment of that, hasn't it? I, I, I think I had an idea, but then I realised it was a bit too broad. <laughs> There's nothing too broad for this show. Well, but you play it after every single story. <laughs> Talking about going broad, gay football fans who travel to Qatar to watch the World Cup later this year risk facing punishments as serious as the death penalty if caught having sex. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I mean, that's still not okay, but I thought you were going to say just for being gay. Oh, that too. If if gay people come in the country, they get put to death. (laughs) Yes. 
don't tick that box, people. Don't tick that box. I mean, why are they, why are they having it there, really? I, I mean, don't have it in countries that spoil everyone's fun. Exactly right. They have admitted they're going to be serving alcohol, though. Which is quite interesting because right. that really is against old um, well, well, Sharia I mean, law. Well, the, for me, that's saying they know they're wrong. That's exactly right. Yeah. The Gay Times. How are they going to monitor? They're going to get caught <laughs> having gay. Just like there's going to be people just on the march, going, Do you reckon they're gay? Let's follow them. And then just barge into their room or something. Isn't that trespassing? In Qatar? I don't know. I'm not what, sure. What, what supersedes what? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the Gay Times reports that Qatari officials have promised that fans of all sexualities are welcome to attend the World Cup as long as they respect local traditions, which means no public displays of affection. However, it is illegal to be homosexual in Qatar and carries with it a punishment of up to seven years in prison for non-Muslims. So what happens if you're a Muslim? A Muslim, I, I think they just ban it, so the blanket ban, so Perhaps you can't... Perhaps it is death. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, the advice to gay fans who travel to Qatar to watch the World Cup is keep their relationships behind closed doors. Some hotels are not letting same-sex couples book rooms. How are they going to know? There's a lot of blokes exactly, going to Qatar Exactly, and twin rooms and stuff exactly like that. Exactly right. Uh, FIFA have created a list of records. They'll, they'll just have a little, a little disclaimer if you sign in, uh, you know, just remember no homosexuals allowed, so bone at your own risk. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Uh, FIFA have created a list of recommended hotels they believe that football fans travelling to Qatar to attend the World Cup could stay at, but at least three on that list intend to turn away same-sex couples. (laughs) This is is going nuts. (laughs) This is proper modern-day insanity. There have been hopes that by hosting the World Cup in Qatar, it would get the ball rolling on addressing the nation's human rights issues, but it seems unlikely that much will change outside of the tournament. There you go. Great. Yep. Great. Yeah. Great. Oh, my word. Mm. All right. Okay. It's just find it weird that, like, okay, we'll let you in. But, you know, we're going to be watching you. i got my eye on you lot. <laughs> you even try into that gayness, we'll be right on you. Uh, playing live at the opening ceremony, the village people. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, otter trashes couple's holiday home, is sick on the carpet, then falls asleep in their bed. An otter. An otter, yeah. An otter was in a car park and then it fell no. asleep in a bed. Is uh, that holiday home. Right? A, a couple... Holiday found an otter sleeping in their bed after it broke in through their pet gate and trashed their holiday home. Linda Goldie and her husband Peter were relaxing at their holiday home in Skinburness in Cumbria when the intruder snuck inside unnoticed. The cheeky creature squeezed through the bars of the couple's pet gate, designed to stop their cat from escaping. Cat's called Millie, Rob. Yep. On its way to have a snooze, the otter caused havoc in the living room, scattering cushions and knocking off a candle holder. It had also helped itself to some of Millie's food and was later sick on the carpet. Linda was reading a book in her conservatory when she heard the commotion indoors and assumed it was the cat. Peter went into the bedroom to investigate and, to his utter disbelief, discovered the brazen otter curled up asleep on their bed. I don't want to know if Linda's a grandma. Linda, a grandma of two from County Durham, said, Oh, yeah, man, my husband... (laughs) My husband had told me that he'd seen an otter in the garden and it just ran off. I wasn't really concerned at first. I just went into the conservatory to read my book. I remember hearing a rattle at the pet gate, man. And now I look back, it must have been the otter. Oh, the otter. Peter went in to check on Millie and found the house in a bright mess. The cushions were everywhere. The candle set was in pieces on the floor and it was sick on the carpet. That's when I went to the bedroom and found the otter asleep on our bed. He walked out and told me. 
I couldn't believe it. It was such a shock to us both. So, so the otter was quite happy, like he owned the joint, just yeah. sleeping on the bed. Yeah. So he was a very poorly behaved otter, and he—they said he vomited. The... Yeah, it didn't like the cat food. See, oh, that's a disastrous uh, effort. Because they look like they'd be quite a good pet, those otters. But I think they're very wild. Yes, they are very wild. If you get them from a baby and you hand rear them, I think they're yeah. quite friendly. But if they're, yeah, just if they're straight out of straight out of the Arctic, then, I'm uh... not sure otters do live in the Arctic. They do live in cold areas, not the Arctic, though. Okay. It's probably a little bit too cold for them. Really? Yeah. So they're more like um, in the rivers, just rivers and that? Yeah. Like a badger? They're native to Wales. There's loads of otters in Wales. Didn't know that. But like beavers. There's beavers in Wales as well. Ollie the otter. Good old Ollie. Is that I don't a... think they've named Ollie yet. Okay. Or the otter even. Well, uh, it's a great excursion. Yeah. He's made himself right at home there, you know. It's like, Have uh, you ever seen them sleeping? Because they, they sleep on their backs on their in backs. pairs. But they hold hands with their partner so they don't. Oh, it, really? So when they float off. They don't just together. go full, full They don't right get lost. It. It's very cute. Very cute. Hey, bro, if we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass... No grass? Would you eat me to survive? Oh, bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Ah, oh, that music can only mean one thing, Rob. Uh, I reckon it might mean that there's a quiz on the cards. There is a quiz. Hey, I, I forgot to say this last week. Um, yeah. I got asked recently, he goes, you know those Jack Link's ads? I don't get them. And I said, it's two cows talking to each other. Yeah. And then he kind of, oh, okay, now I get it. Now he gets it. Never mm. quite forget it. Never quite forget it. Perhaps it's not that, I mean, we've seen him, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. We've only been sponsored by him for about two years. So yeah. So we kind of... Uh, Got the gist. Got the gist of it. Anyway, Sport and Gladiators, people, it's a sports quiz. We ask each other sports trivia questions. There are five points to be gained from each question. Could be more answers available, mm. only a maximum of five. So it is 15 points available. The person with the most points wins the quiz. Very successful segment on this show. Yeah. All right, Rob, I'm going to start you with football. Oh, what? Name any five countries that have made the final four in a football World Cup but have never actually won the tournament. So any uh, since 1930, so they've got to the semi-finals, uh, but they've never won the tournament itself. Semi-finals or finals? Yeah, they can get yeah. to the final, but they've get to the semis as well. Croatia. They're definitely one. Netherlands. Yep, two. Sweden. Sweden, I've done it a few times, yes. Uh, let's go for Denmark. Denmark, no. Not oh. got to the semi-final. They should have in the late 80s, early 90s. Great team. And the other one will be Portugal. Yes, they've done it a few times. Yes, Roberto, four out of five. Yeah. Good effort. Uh, you could have had Yugoslavia a couple of times. USA, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Chile, Russia, Poland, Belgium, Bulgaria, South Korea, and Turkey. Oh, I was considering many of those. You many should have them. considered them. Four. So Good who, start. So Denmark screwed me. Okay. <laughs> Simply name. Yes. From the current Argentinian rugby squad of 41 players. Really? Name five players. Yeah. Okay. That's not good. Lopez. He's got to be in there. <laughs> I've got a lot of players to look yeah, through. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> no, no Lopez. Really? No Lopez. That's... <coughs> unheard of who's their captain 
Isn't uh, Martin somebody? Martin, big second row fella. I genuinely <laughs> cannot even think of uh, an Argentinian. <laughs> I thought this one might get you. Garcia, is there Garcia in the house? Uh, no. No Garcias? No Garcias. Wow. Um, let's think of some Spanish surnames here. Manuel. It's got to be a Manuel, isn't it? Manuel Arguentes. <laughs> Arguentes. Arguentes. How do you spell that? Oh, I don't know. It's just, as it sounds, it's uh, on a metapier, Rob. Arguentes. One, one, uh, well, no. No, I don't know. Uh, Del Potro. I don't think there no is. No Del Potros? What's going on there? No Del no Potros. No Del Potros. And uh, <laughs> Fuentes. Yes! There's a Fuentes! <laughs> De La Fuente. De I gotta La Fuente. Give it to you so you don't get a zero. What's his first name? Geronimo. Geronimo! Oh, he's... <laughs> what a man. He's a centre, 31 years oh, old. Oh, Geronimo De La Fuente. Is that, that's it, isn't it? That's it, man. One, yeah. You could have gone for a Sanchez. Oh, of course! There's a Martinez. Oh, that's the other one. Carrera. Uh, a couple of... Two Carreras. Oh, they're brothers. Yeah. The Carrera brothers. And, they play on uh, each wing. Montoya. Gallo. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I would have got zero. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got one. We'll give you that one. Just. All right. I'll take you back to 1999 Rugby World Cup. Name any five of the starting backs for Australia in the final. Say so, so this again. 99 World Cup. 99 World Cup. Yep. Australia played France in the final. Yeah. Know, France beat somebody on their way to the... Yeah. Uh, name any five of the starting backs for Australia. George Gregan. He was the scrum half, yes. Joe Roth. Roth was on the wing. Um, Stephen Larkham. Stephen Larkham was fly half, yes. Uh, Matt Burke. Matt Burke was fullback. And I'm going to go for Wendell Saylor. Wendell Saylor? No, it wasn't Wendell nah, Saylor. Okay, then I was going to say Ben Tune. Yes, he was oh. on the other wing. Tune! Uh, the two centres, you missed the centres. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure who to go for. Um, oh, what's his name? Mortlock. No, there wasn't Mortlock. Tim Horan was one. Tim Horan, okay. The other centre was Daniel Herbert. Herbert. Mortlock was the one who got the intercept against us. Oh, no, that was in 2003. Mm. Okay. Four, Rob, well done. Simply name, Beefy. Yeah. Australian rugby, we're on again. Oh. Wallabies. Yeah, well. Name the last five coaches to, to coach the Wallabies. Including the present, present and oh, backwards. I don't even know what the new guy's called. I didn't know. Michael either. Checker is the yep. previous one. Yep. Who was before Checker? Oh, the South African dude, wasn't he? Oh, Dave Rennie is the current one. He's the current one. Yep. So you got the first two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was before? Checker? And then going backwards, you got this guy. I'll, I'll tell you, a guy did one year, then this guy for five years, and then there's another one year. Okay. Or I'm, maybe two years. Rod McQueen. No, Before, okay. no, I think that's even like way back. because yeah, Eddie Jones is is yeah, the only yeah. other one that's in. So since two thousand, there's actually only been six. Okay, so Eddie Jones. So after Eddie Jones, so who do I get? I got Rennie and Checker. I'm sure there was a South African guy in that mix as well. Might be going the wrong country. Okay, unless there's a guy. I'm Let's sure see. that no, that guy wasn't Safa. Okay. Um... Yeah, it's one know. that was in five years, five like, or years. even oh, six, oh. even long, way longer than I thought he was. Okay, I should know, but I don't. Uh, I'm going to say John Mitchell. He's New Zealand coach. Yeah, I think he did Australia for a bit. No, no but I don't know. there is New Zealander in there. 
is a uh, kick myself if I know. Well, I should know. He's the one that did six years. Six years, a Kiwi. John Hart. Robbie Deans. Robbie Deans, of course. Yep, I should and know. And so that. in between Chica and Deans, there's a guy called Ewan McKenzie. Oh, yeah. I think I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they almost won his last game. Yeah, and then he, after, he almost yeah. won, and then he announced he was... Yeah. Oh, because there was a whole palaver with um, the who's the fullback, and there was the texting stuff with the physio and the, oh. the okay whatever mm-hmm. else. Do you remember? No. And then John Connolly, oh six oh seven. I don't remember him at all. No, I don't really remember. Last one year. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to stick with rugby again. Yep. Eleven players have played rugby for New Zealand before playing international rugby. For another country. Oh, this one. So there's 11. There's a couple of early ones, but there's a few later ones. I don't think I'm going to get any of them. Okay. For playing for another country. So they played for New Zealand first, then they went and played for another country after. In rugby? In rugby, not cricket or football. Oh, gosh. Because there's most of them went the other, like some played for Western Samoa, then played for New Zealand. Does it go both ways like that? Or no, they no, have to play it, New Zealand the question, first. question, they had to play for New Zealand first. I excluded those other ones. I just can't really think of anyone. So, well, they have gone to Scotland, Ireland, France, or they've gone to play for Fiji, or gone back to play for Samoa. Inga Tuigamala? No, Inga's not on there. I'm sure he played for Samoa after he played for the All Blacks. I'm going to say Peter Alatini. Not on the list. Um, I'm going to get a zero on this one. Um, I'm going to say probably someone played for US. But I don't know. John Kerwin. No. He coached Italy, I think. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, I can tell you, three Australians, one England, two Japan, two Samoa, one Wales and two Croatians. Not that Quade Cooper. I don't think he ever he played, played for the All, All Blacks. He was born in New Zealand. Uh, Rapini Falfau and Booker? Rapini Falfau and Booker? No, he's not on the list. Oh, so he played because he played Fiji. That's it then. I've got one more guess. Um, let me ask, go back to the islands. Uh, Frank Bunce went Samoa, New Zealand. Uh, Michael Jones? I think he went Samoa, New Zealand as well. Not New Zealand, Samoa. Oh. The Aussies I wouldn't have got. Bill Hardcastle, Evan Jessup and Owen Stevens. I think they're old. When I told you Croatia, Frano Bodica and Matthew Cooper. The England guy is Jamie Salmon. I thought you might have got Graham Bashup for Japan and Jamie Joseph, uh, who's the current coach of Japan. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Stephen Bashup went to play for Samoa after uh, New Zealand. Ah, that's right. And I think... The one you got confused with, Vangatugamala, went to play for Samoa after New Zealand. I said Ingatugamala. Oh, you did. Sorry, I got Vainga. It, it that. That's his full yeah, name. It is, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm taking yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, you are, definitely. And then the very famous Shane Howarth played for New Zealand and Wales. And went played Scotland? For, no, no, he played for Wales. Oh did, oh, did he? Yeah. And then they found out he didn't actually have any Welsh qualifications. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Shane Howarth. Because he was... Uh, play for Auckland. Oh, did he? Okay, so I'm on nine. Is that you right? You are on nine. So I need six to win. Right. So if you so get five, you do get the bonus point. Okay, well... Well, <laughs> is that... I don't know that rule. Right. No. <laughs> well, simply yeah. lame, name the last five Newport County managers. Oh, okay. James Robry. Yep. 
is the current. Michael yeah. Flynn was the one was before that. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. He's yeah, a, he's, he was. A, he's in there. Yeah, he definitely is. He took over from Graham Wesley. Yeah. Wesley took over from... Are you including caretaker managers or official yes, managers? Caretakers. Oh, come on. <laughs> right, Warren Feeney was before Wesley, and there was a guy in between who was the caretaker, and it was a guy, I think, called Tony James. Well, hang on, unless I didn't write it down right. Nah, he's, he's no Tony James. Wasn't he? And who was the other one you said before? Warren Feeney? He's not in there either. There's one that's got, I've got two that shared the same year. All right. Well, that would have been Wesley and Flynn when they started. Wesley only did about three or four months. Okay, well, there's... I'm, so, oh, yeah, there's Wesley. There's Wesley and Flynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, is Justin Edinburgh on the list? No. Okay, uh, all right. So, when Edinburgh finished, there was a few caretakers like Tony Dack was was in there when Dak- I've got someone in between Roberry and Flynn. Really? Unless I've written them no, in the no, wrong yeah. order. No, wrong there one. probably was a caretaker in there, but who was it? Um... <laughs> Oh, he wasn't an official manager, that's the thing. Um, who was in between Wayne Hatswell? That's it. That's the one. Just as the music finished. So, so who that's did, four. So there's one before Wesley, you're saying? The one I've got in the fifth spot. So yeah. for me, it goes for going from now to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ja- Robery, Wayne Hatswell, Michael yeah, Flynn, yeah. Graham Wesley. Yeah. And then it's got, as, as the same year, yeah. same season, Sean McCarthy and James Bittner. Right. <laughs> That weren't official managers. They took over. They're caretakers as well. They were caretakers, yeah. Well, it's a funny I, thing. I in, mean, it changes no, so know. quickly. Or that well, frequent. what happens is when managers... I just looked at the list and went backwards. Yeah, yeah. When managers get sacked, you mm. haven't normally got yeah, a replacement. Yeah. You have to advertise. You get people interested. Yeah, yeah. So they appoint somebody that's on the coaching staff to look after the team for a bit while they get a new manager in. Sure. It just often happens quite quickly like that. Sometimes. That, that, that was only going back to 2016. So that means you've changed it every year, basically. Since, well, we have. And yet, how weird is this? Like, Mike Flynn was manager for four seasons, four or five seasons. He was like the eighth or ninth longest serving manager in the whole of English football. (laughs) Doing four or five years. (laughs) Alex Ferguson did like 27 years at Man United. Like, longevity in management is just out the window nowadays. Right. Especially in the lower leagues. It's it's a results-driven business, Rob. That's what it is. Yeah. There you go. I like that. Good quiz, Rob. Good stuff. A bit of Newport County in there. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I'm sure you were going to ask me the Canadian lacrosse league teams. <laughs> can, you, can you remember them now? How are the uh, Atlanta Braves? No, the Atlanta... What were they called? Can't... Atlanta Blaze. Blaze! That's not the... Yeah. The, the Dallas Rattlers. The Rattlers. I wonder the, how they're going the, this uh, season. The Boston Cannons. The Cannons. The New York Lizards. Yes! I'm getting a t-shirt, the New York Lizards. A lot of lizards in New York. Oh, it's... <laughs> Just watch Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. He'd eat them, wouldn't he? No, the other way around. No. Lizards would eat Spider-Man, wouldn't they? giant lizard man. Oh, is it? Yeah. Godzilla? It's not not quite that big. Oh, okay. He's sort of probably about maybe 12 feet tall. But lizards traditionally eat spiders. Spider-Man should be scared. They haven't thought uh, this through. Marvel? He he had him sewn up a couple of times, lizard man. Stop yelling at tourists! Say, police in Arizona destination? More than a million people a year visit the small north-central Arizona town of Jerome, the former home to one of Arizona's largest copper mines and now a hub for artists. But police have a problem these days. They say some residents are yelling at tourists over parking in the 504-acre town. There's a population of about 450. It has come to our attention that some people visiting our town on a short visit and using 
Lawful short-term parking passes are being yelled at for having notes left on the cars by local residents, police said. <laughs> Yelling at or leaving notes could, in some cases, constitute harassment under Arizona revised statutes. If any resident feels there may be a parking violation, they are being asked to notify the police department to investigate. Don't yell at the tourists, people! Don't! Yell at the tourists. Uh, I actually struggle to take in the story because your ridiculous accent is so bamboozling. It's a genuine Arizona accent. It's, 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 quite, it's quite the charade there, mm. Beefy. It's quite the facade. Don't um, yell at the tourists, Rob. So don't yell. And something about notes on cars or something? Yeah, I think the locals are leaving notes on okay. the artists' cars. Well, I have to take in that story next time in terms of its content, because yeah. I was too blown away Don't by these. Yell at the, 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 the delivery was vigorous. Brilliant. What's happening, Rob? What do you got coming up this weekend? Nothing. Oh. I'm doing nothing. Going to eat loads of KFC? No, no, I had KFC last night, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got just once a week. i got to be honest, I had it today. It's good, isn't it? Got up, I woke up, and I was a bit, bleh, I thought, ooh, it wasn't a lot in the fridge, so I thought, yeah. bugger it. Yeah. But th- how's this? I got given a bag with my food in, because I did it on the app. Yeah. I thought there'd be a six for six ninety five special on, but there wasn't. There was. Uh, well, I actually, out of interest, just checked the app today. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just to see. And uh, no, no chicken Tuesday. There wasn't, Tuesday. yeah. Anyway, so I ordered my two-piece feed or whatever it was. Mm. Big tub of mash and gravy. Big tub. Why? I don't know. Perhaps they fancied me. Because you used the app. Possibly. Yeah, unless they just put it in wrong. Unless the guy who was filling up the bag just, well, put it in the bag because it was there. I reckon, I know what's going on. They've got your ordering history and going, oh, this guy's, we owe him some stuff. This guy's nailing us. <laughs> we owe him some yeah, frequent yeah. flyer points, Frequent flyer points. They gave me a free tub of Free tub of mash. fake mash. Powdered mash. Powdered mash with gravy. But it was like, it wasn't, you know, the little ones you get. Yeah. This was like a tub a monster. of a big one. So well, I, I just... Over see, the moon, were you? I, I huge touched, huge I win. Highlight of the yet. day. Oh, that's for lunch tomorrow now, Rob. Okay. So, yeah. I uh, good things to look forward so to, Beef. Th- thank you to KFC in Richmond for giving me a free tub of potato mash and gravy. you got to go right over there, do you? Or you, you order it in? No, I drove. You drove over. I had that's got to be a lot of traffic to deal with. It took me four minutes to get there. Anyway. Enough about KFC. Enough about KFC. Uh, we got to, talking about meat products, though. We've got to thank Jack Link's the best beef jerky on the planet. Yeah. It is on special. Yep. Get to your supermarkets or your local food outlet. Get your Jack Link's beef jerky. It's the best beef jerky you can possibly buy. Without doubt. Without doubt. It may be available on other planets. Well, no one could say for sure. No. But well, if the uh, astronauts are taking it... That's how they get it there. Food of astronauts, ah, people. I see where it's you're the going. food yeah. of astronauts. I was about to say it's the only place that definitely wouldn't be sold as on other planets, but let's not write it off. Definitely. Don't never, never write off Jack Link's beef jerky. All right. That's this it. has been episode 258 of the greatest non sports sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. See you next week.